The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Bowen. He's the CEO of CEG Worldwide, which is a firm dedicated to helping financial advisors improve their practices of wealth management. Welcome to the show, John. Well, thank you, Jordan, for having me. Let's just start with your background a little bit and how you came to found CEG. Well, Jordan, you and I are both passionate about helping people make smart decisions about their money. And I had the good fortune of joining the industry really very early on. And being a top financial advisor in the Silicon Valley, I started in the late 70s and saw you know, just some tremendous growth and worked with a number of the uh, uh, who became some of the leaders in the industry with two partners. We managed a couple billion dollars of money and always focused around helping them not only manage their money, but on the, the those key concerns that entrepreneurs, high-tech entrepreneurs have. And then later on, my partners and I sold our business uh, to a Canadian firm, and I stayed on as CEO of their uh, financial group, and we continue to manage our clients that we had in high tech, but also in the sports and entertainment. We had 600 uh, extremely wealthy, ultra affluent uh, clients, many of that your uh, listeners would know, uh, and very high profile. And and I just saw over and over again that so many mistakes were being made at these very wealthy individuals that. You know, how could I have an impact? And I ended up leaving that firm, taking a year off, and starting this company, CG Worldwide, focused on working with the top financial advisors in the country, doing research on what successful individuals are doing, and then what the advisors and bringing them together. And it's 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 just been uh, fantastic. What does CEG stand for? Uh, it's creating equity group. It was all about, you know, one of the things um, I'm a big believer, and I know you are too, is capitalism. And the, you know, really the way that someone becomes wealthy in the, the U.S. and really the Western world is by delivering tremendous value. And so what we wanted to do is to show advisors how they could build these very valuable businesses by serving their clients well. I mean, you get to do well by doing well, and that's exactly what we do. So let's talk about financial advisors. Before we get to some of the specific areas, let's kind of get an overall view of financial advisors in America. Uh, Do you get a sense that a lot of people want financial advisors but don't have them? And if so, why not? And from the advisor's point of view, do they have enough clients or they're looking for clients? Kind of what is the match between customers and advisors these days? Well, if you think about it, there's you know, well over 300 million people in the U.S., about 120 million households. And of those 120 million households, most financial advisors are really set up to work with the affluent, the million and above. Uh, they're looking for more complexity and the fees they're charging. That's where it really starts to be 
uh, a good match. And what we find there is, you know, with 460,000 financial advisors, and depending on whose data, about 7 million households with over a million dollars of financial assets, it's, it's pretty confusing which ones. And then we have what we call the mass affluent, 100,000 to a million of financial assets. And there, um, you know, we're getting talks on, you know, we've got all the big custodials like uh, Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard. We've got the robo-advisors. And what we're, you know, if, if one of your listeners isn't confused, Jordan, they're not paying attention. I mean, what we have is a... I'm a big believer the right financial advisor is going to help you address your key concerns. And when we do the research, we find there's five key concerns, making smart decisions about your money, mitigating taxes, taking care of your errors, going ahead and really making sure if you built up wealth that your assets protected from being unjustly taken and then lastly charitable. And what we find is most um, of the advisors really only deal with the first part. They're focused on the investment side, and that's becoming more and more commoditized. Yeah. So, okay, so you say there's 7 million people with financial advisors, basically, out of 120 million households. So is it possible in today's world to have advisors make economic sense to, to serve those literally tens of millions of people that don't have a hundred thousand plus. Well, I think I think at below a hundred thousand dollars, really, you know, listening to shows like yours, picking up some of the personal finance books, and going on that journey, certainly at about fifty thousand or less, you should really you got to kind of do it on your own. It's not that cost effective. You're not going to have access to great financial advisor help below about 50,000 to 100,000, depending where you are in the country. After you have that, then the advisors start becoming attractive, but you've got to do your due diligence like anything else because there, you know, there, there are some that are extremely good, there's some that aren't good, and unfortunately there's a whole bunch that are you know, just kind of average, and no one on your, listening to your show, Jordan, wants to be average. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's a new rule coming out of the Department of Labor called the fiduciary rule, which is basically saying that advisors of all types, when they're re- re- advising about retirement plans, have to act in the interest of the client over their own interests. Sounds like an obvious thing, but it's caused enormous consternation. If that went into effect as it's currently proposed, which it may not, but if, if it did, what would be the impact on the financial advisory business? Well, I mean, it's, this is one that there's a lot of debate, as you know, what the impact's going to be. It's, it's very much phased in, and it's you know, still open to an awful lot of interpretation by the regulatory uh, agencies. And it's coming not from the security side, the Department of Labor, so it's the retirement plans. But what, what we're, one of the anticipations is, is that it's going to be more expensive, as you would expect with any regulatory-type uh, new rules would be more expensive to serve. And one of the big concerns is in that mass affluent market are some of those individuals that have, you know, that less than a million dollars, are they going to find themselves having even more challenges finding the right financial advisor? And I'm not sure. I mean, one of the things that I, I really, 
I've always, as an advisor, since um, there was an ability to do the RIA, I mean, very shortly, I, we registered as an investment advisor and went the full fiduciary responsibility. I, I think this is a good direction. Uh, it's one that, uh, of course, things should be in the best interest of the clients, but you know, how do you measure that and how do you actually do that? And that's going to take a little while for the firms to work through. So how would this implementation of fiduciary rule make it more expensive to serve clients and therefore the, the advisors would have to charge more fees or you're saying uh, their services would not be available to the kind of mass affluent because they're going to have to raise their fees. How would all that work? Well, no, I don't know that they'll have to raise their fees, although some may choose to do that. But uh, and and you know, one of the things we have to be careful of, Jordan. You know, as we're doing the recording of this, I mean, the it's just been issued, so there's a lot of debate and uh, the I forgot how many pages is, but it's massive. So I'm, you know, I'm not an attorney, so I want to be real careful of this. But one of the the challenges is, you know, when you have new regulations, there's all kinds of assets that are exempt from uh, the fiduciary rule. There's some special exemptions you can have clients sign off for. Uh, it's unclear exactly how the communication is going to happen. But one thing we are for sure is there's going to be a lot more disclosures that are going on. And because of that, there, you know, if nothing else, it's going to be more time consuming the second part is that I believe that there'll be a, you know, some of the advisors will decide not to utilize certain products that are more in the mass affluent as well. You know, we're, we're really seeing a movement away from kind of the transaction commission compensation to the advisory uh, ongoing fee basis. And what that does is it goes ahead and, you know, a $5,000 with an advisory fee on it, it's very difficult for an advisor to provide any advice. Yeah. So as far as disclosure, are you talking about disclosure of fees or disclosure of conflicts of interest? What kind of disclosure could consumers expect to see if this is implemented? Well, no, it, it is going to be implemented. So it's already passed. And the, the uh, and it'll be both. I mean, you know, one of the things on being a fiduciary is there has to be transparency is a big part of that. But the other part is that, you know, there, you have to have the policies and procedures in place to make sure that you're recommending, you know, that when any of the solutions you're proposing to clients are in their best interest. And because everything in life, there's always some types of conflicts, um, you know, working with you know, both the regulatory agencies and the attorneys to actually come up with what the process is. It's going to be time consuming uh, for everyone. And, you know, one of my big concerns when you get to these type of things is really, you know, I, I do think it's, the direction is helping the clients. The bad thing is that, you know, clients, investors, we're also used to getting so much paperwork on disclosure that, you know, we don't pay much attention to it. And I think there'll be some good information uh, on the transparency of both fees and conflicts that the clients, investors should be looking at. It could be a little overwhelming, though, for the average client to have even more paperwork on disclosure 
in many cases, in legalistic terms that they don't particularly understand. Is that, is that what people should expect? Yeah, well, and what I've found, I mean, we've done focus groups in past regulatory issues, and we'd ask, you know, if you're really satisfied with your advisor, most of the investors get extremely frustrated with all the additional paperwork that comes out of this. So, you know, again, you know, you're trying to protect from, you know, the, some of the people there. There's no question there's financial predators out there. there there's imposters out there. And, you know, how the government's trying to protect, but in so doing, you know, it affects the whole industry. Many of you who are doing extremely, you know, a great job for their clients. Do you think this is an overreaction on behalf of Labor Department and Washington against scandals like Madoff and others that, that really took people and they feel they have to kind of come back hard to protect, protect that from happening again? Well, I, I wish it wasn't coming from the Department of Labor. I mean, because it really only covers retirement plans. I think I, I would have loved to have the industry uh, working in concert with the government uh, come up with one that affects all securities and whether they're individual retirement plans, corporate and so on. So there'll be like a double standard if you have an IRA or an annuity or a 401k rollover, these rules will apply. But a regular securities account or a regular mutual fund account that's not a retirement account, these rules will not apply to. Is that what you're saying? Well, the Department of Labor regulations won't. One of the things that may come out of it is this may be the impotent uh, to to really move the uh, security industry to to have this be universal. And do you think that would be a good idea to have one standard or not? Not I think having one. I think having one standard would be really good. I think I think the idea of acting, you know, in the best interest of your clients uh, should require government uh, regulatory, but it, it it does. It's a very different standard than the current, which is basically suitability. Correct. Yes. That's yeah, a very different world. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Bowen. He's the CEO of CEG Worldwide, uh, which is a firm dedicated to helping financial advisors do well by their clients. We'll be back after this. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. 
talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Bowen. He's the CEO at CEG Worldwide. Uh, he has a website you can look, take a look at as well, which is financialadvisorselect.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Well, thank you, Jordan. What can people find at that website? Well, you know, one of the things that I have, there's a little video there that really goes to why I'm so passionate about making sure they find the right financial advisor. I mean, it goes back to my junior year in college. I was uh, waiting for a call from my dad because he was going to tell me the summer job I had at the family foundry my uncle and my dad had. They had 400 employees. It was a really good business. I had a great childhood. And I get this call from my dad and he goes, John, I've got some bad news. Um, the foundry is going under. Wow. Uh, my uncle is going you know, to stay uh, and take it through bankruptcy. I'm going to go find a job. My ma, you know, your mother and I are getting a divorce, and uh, you don't have a summer job. <laughs> I mean, it, and it was just like a wow moment. And I go, Dad, are you going to be all right? And the response was, I don't know. And it was really, a, that was my turning point of where I decided that, you know, I was going to be a financial advisor because I wasn't going to let that happen to any family. And if my uncle and my dad had had the right financial advisors, I think they would have been able to weather that storm. We just see it over and over again. I know you do, Jordan, where if people can avoid these costly mistakes, and, and this is where I'm so passionate about making sure, and that's what we do at financialadvisorselect.com, is we, we have a process where we can match the right, you know, whatever you're looking for, we can match you with the right financial advisor here in the U.S. that can help you. But you know, one of the things I think would be really good, there's a, a white paper or a special report called Finding the Right Financial Advisor, the seven questions to help you discover whether a financial is the right match for you and your family. And you know, Jordan, what I'd love to do is kind of walk through the seven questions sure. because these are so important. So let's do that. So this is for individuals who are looking for the right financial advisor. These are the questions they should ask to find the right. So what is the first of the seven questions? So, you know, really, you know, how do you work with clients to help them reach their financial goals? And we see over and over again, I got to tell you that so many advisors don't have clear, compelling processes to do that. And they have no way, they don't really, they're, they're kind of almost in pitch mode. And what you want to see here is that they, they're going to take a time, and the, the word we used is discovery. They're going to take a look at where you are, where you want to go, what are the gaps. And they should be able to tell you if you're on track that you should stay where you are now. You know, there's no reason to change. And if you're not on track, how they would help you and, and really this you know three or four simple things that they would help you do so you could accelerate your success even more. So that's the big number one. How do they help you reach those goals? So is it typically a written uh, survey form where they're discovering or is an online form? Typically, how do people do discovery in the right way to figure out where you're at? 
Well, well, we, you know, and I have the privilege of coaching some of the top financial advisors in the world. And, and what we do is we teach them to, we use an interview process around seven major themes. And I don't like mailing out fact finders because, uh, you know, none of us like to be interrogated. Like to get together and really do that exploration. The themes that we ask questions about are values, what's important about money to you, uh, goals, you know, what are you most proud of accomplishing in the past and what are you looking forward to, relationship, what are the most important relationships. You notice that none of those are financial. Those are kind of emotional. With money, what we're trying to do is we're, we're going to, we really want to maximize our money to fund the life that we want. We're not, a, you know, trying to make money just for money's sake. We're trying to make sure we do that. So, you know, they're very much emotional. And then we'll ask questions about the asset liability and then how about your current advisors? What ones are working well? Because we need a team of experts uh, for most people. And then the process, how would you like to work with an advisor? And then lastly, you know, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? So that they can really get an understanding of the real you or you know, if you're, you're CEO of your family business, the co-CEO, if you're, you're married or you have a significant other, and they should be asking those type of questions or if they're just really in a pitch mode and telling you the great investment and so on, you know, you should really uh, leave. Okay. The second question is how will you address my key financial concerns? So once they've done this discovery mode, they're going to figure out what your most important problems are or issues are. What do you mean when you say how will they address them? What does that, that procedure well, go like? You know, I mentioned the five big concerns, making smart decisions about your money, mitigating taxes, taking care of the heirs, protecting your assets from being unjustly taken, whether it's lawsuits or divorce or partnership breakups, and then charitable. How can you magnify that? Well, what so many advisors are, the vast majority of advisors are, I'm going to call investment centric. They're just doing the investment money management and you want to know if they're going to take this holistic approach and really deliver wealth management so that they're going to take those five big concerns. And those are of all the you know, thousands of people we've surveyed. Those are the biggest five. But whatever your personal concerns are, you know, that they have a process to address them. Yeah. And then your next question is, do you specialize in a particular kind of client? What are some of the possibilities of the different kinds of clients advisors may specialize in? Well, let's take a couple examples. You know, the, the biggest wealth building in the country is being a business owner. When we look at people with over a million of financial assets, one third are business owners. And when we get to five million or more, it's three out of four are business owners. And when we get to 25 million or more, it's nine out of 10 are business owners. Business owners have different needs than a school teacher. Okay, we want to have somebody that's used to working with people who are like us and can bring the unique skill set to address our concerns and make a difference. Uh, 54% of financial advisors specialize. If you have any kind of uniqueness in what you do, you want to work with a specialist. Is it based on industry or in the entertainment industry or the construction industry? Is it something that that makes a difference if they've worked with other people in your industry before? Yeah, very much so. So, you know, entertainment, you'll see that's broken out even into those in front of the camera, kind of the talent like yourself, uh, and then those behind the scenes. 
And, and this is, you know, again, there's different needs for different people. And think of someone in the entertainment industry versus a corporate executive that has, uh, you know, large concentration of stock. And we can go into all kinds of unique needs. Well, by having those, someone that actually can address those, that knows how to do this successfully, and they can really make a huge difference. And I mean, it can be worth in some cases, millions of dollars, but certainly in almost all cases, it should be worth tens of thousands of dollars. Is it appropriate to ask for references and be able to speak to clients um, before you actually sign up with an advisor? Is that an appropriate thing to ask for? It is. It should be the last thing because one of the things that any good financial advisor is going to do is they're, they're going to really want to protect their clients from unnecessarily asking for a referral or reference check. However, if you've made the decision that you're going to work with this advisor, one of the final things that you should do is ask for that. You also may, you should also go uh, to the broker check and you can go online and it's really easy to look at the backgrounds. And you may even, when for, you know, we run, we vet all the financial advisors uh, Jordan, well beyond what the regulatory agencies do to to really make sure, you know, they're who they say they are. And, you know, this is something if, you, if you're going to work with somebody, you know, whether it's a partner, whether, uh, you know, anyone in today's world, it's relatively inexpensive to run background checks. So I would encourage people to do that. And do you in fact that. find that people are not what they say they're going to be? There's bad things show up on their broker check? I well, in the, the broker check I definitely. I don't know off the top of uh, my head the percentage that have issues, but it's a pretty high percentage. And mm-hmm. then you, you'd be surprised how many background checks we run um, on financial advisors that have personal bankruptcies and other issues like that. Which you know, I, I don't know about you, Jordan, but I, I'm not you know somebody that's not able to. It's one thing to have a business bankruptcy. But to have a personal bankruptcy, you know, where they can't manage their money well, you know, I'm not sure that's going to be my first choice for a financial advisor. Indeed. People should look that up. Your next question is, do you work as part of a team? So who would the members of a team typically be that people should be assembling? Because one person can't know everything. They need to bring in specialists in different areas. What are some yeah, of the areas I, they should be bringing in? Well, and it, so this, what, the financial advisor, I'm going to refer to them as wealth manager. They should be kind of the general manager. They usually have a strong knowledge on the investment side and a big picture knowledge on the wealth management, but they're going to need some other team members. They're going to need that estate planning attorney so we can deal with some of the tax issues and, uh, and really take care of the errors. The same with an accountant that specializes in your type of client, high-end insurance specialists for any life issues. And then lastly, uh, depending on the complexity of your situation, someone working in the property casualty side, that's kind of the core. And then depending on other areas, they should have almost a dotted line for other experts that can help you really achieve all your goals. And so each of these people would be vetted and they've had, had experience working with them before. Yes, ideally. Is this something that is often not done? I mean, a good financial advisor does not have a team. I would think it would be a pretty common thing that most people would already have lined up. 
Uh, Jordan, I'd love to tell you you're right, but you'd be wrong. They're, it's very informal. Remember I said earlier that the vast majority are investment-centric? Yes. And, and they focus on the investment money management because that's where they make you know, all or most of their money. The second part, though, then, is what they have is they have the opportunity to really, you know, they'll be proactive. Unfortunately, most people are reactive. Only when you ask them to address things will they help find someone for you. So you're saying that the financial advisor is not going to make money from the property casualty side or doing wills or estates or those kind of things. So his interest is not particularly in taking care of that because he doesn't earn, he can't earn a piece of the lawyer's fees or the property casualty commissions. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And what's interesting, though, those who provide the service are much more successful because their clients do well. And when their clients do well, they do even better. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Bowen. He's the CEO at CEG Worldwide, which is a firm dedicated to helping financial advisors help their clients. Uh, A website you can find out more about John is financialadvisorselect.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Bowen. He's the CEO at CEG Worldwide which is a firm dedicated to helping financial advisors deal better with their clients. A website you can find out more about, John, is financialadvisorselect.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, Jordan. So we were talking about the the steps to finding the right financial advisor. Your next step is uh, asking the financial advisor, why did you become a financial advisor? What are some of the the answers that are uh, green flags and red flags, I guess you might say, is the way they answer that. Well, the, the big green flag is they're passionate. 
I want to see someone that, you know, much like I told the story of uh, my dad losing the, the foundry business, I, I am so passionate about not screwing up, you know, not only my family, but any family that I have. And to make these smart decisions, this has been a lifelong journey for me. And it sounds like Jordan for you as well. And so, you know, you want to work with people who are passionate, they're going to invest the time and energy. You know, the, the financial services industry, it's not that hard to get a license. You know, I, I like to say it is hard, but it's not. And they're like every profession, there is a wide range of quality. The big green light is they're passionate. They're passionate about serving people just like you. And they've demonstrated that over and over again. The experience there, you know, we talked about the team. The red flag is, you know what, they're they're kind of, you know, they're just, they're, they're really pushing products. They're selling one solution. They have one hammer. And they became a financial advisor because they like this one hammer using it. Would and everything looks like a nail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it is very much. Yeah. Whether they're, you know, they they only do life insurance or they only do annuities or they only do mutual funds, whatever it is they we want somebody that can have, you know, all these tools available and that they, their job is, you know, as a general contractor is make sure you have not only the strong foundation, but you build this beautiful home for yourself. Your next question is, if we decide to work together, what will the process look like? So you talked at the beginning about discovery, but what are the other parts of the process that the financial advisor should describe uh, to take the client through? Well, ideally, I'd like to see the financial advisor show you a flow chart of exactly the experience they're going to deliver. We want, you know, you want to know that they're going to be able to solve your most pressing financial challenges and that they're going to be there for the long term to help you in achieving all that's important to you. Well, the only way to do that is to have a process that's step-by-step. You should have the very first meeting, some type of discovery meeting, taking a look at where they are, where they want to go, where you want to go and the gaps. And then from there, they should systemically look at each of the steps. So the very first thing we usually do is put together an investment plan, uh, complete review, what we call a second opinion of of that investments. Then from there, we go to a advanced plan and the advanced planning covers the other four concerns. So we're working with a team of experts to review your situation, to make sure that you've mitigate taxes. Or, you know, we've got this not so silent partner who's working with us. Uh, and depending on where you live in the country, it can be, I, I'm, I'm out in Silicon Valley and we have some pretty high taxes here in California. You combine those, well, you just want to be thoughtful. We're not going to avoid taxes, but we're going to mitigate. We're going to work with you know uh, the estate planning attorney. We find over and over again that the vast majority of people don't have a current estate plan. It's more than five years old. They've had life-changing events happen. Their net worth has gone up. They need to have it updated. Uh, we were talking about you know asset protection earlier, and and what we find that roughly. Uh, Four out of five are very concerned that, you know, whether it's a lawsuit or divorce proceeding or breakup in a business setting, but 15% have a plan. So this is an opportunity for us to do it. And then, we, you know, we are as a nation very charitably minded and boy, you know, the super majority of us want to give and we want to make an impact, but how can we magnify it? 
And then your final question uh, that some, somebody thinking about hiring a financial advisor you say should ask is knowing what you know now, why are you the right financial advisor for me? So what is it that the advisor can tell the person that makes them unique amongst all the advisors they could choose from? Well, and I think that's, the, you know, one of the things, not only should they be different, but they should be distinctive. I think that's a great word, Jordan. And so they've gathered enough information about you so that they can then tell you, kind of state, this is what you're looking for, and this is how my team can serve you to maximize the probability of achieving all that's important to you. If they go, geez, I'm not sure we're the right one, um, you should tell them you're sure they're not the right one. I mean, you know, unless you, one of the big things is chemistry. This is somebody you're going to work with for hopefully the rest of your life. You want to have some really good chemistry that you're connecting. There has to be empathy. They took the time to, to really understand you. There has to be character. You felt that integrity that they have and competence that they understand your unique needs and they have the, the processes to do that, to really address it. And how about the rest of the family? Once you pick somebody, is this somebody you think should be working with your children and uncles and brothers and sisters and kind of the whole family or should you keep that separate from the rest of your family? So here's something, and this is, it comes up a lot with the financial advisors as well, is you know, in the discovery meeting, you, if it's a couple, you both should come because you're co-CEOs in this situation. And you know, the people have different values, even though you're married and, and goals and so on. I've been married now almost 36 years, and my wife and I, you know, while we're very aligned, we have different goals. But so in the planning process, you should be involved. Now, let's say the kids. Well, the kids are going to have different financial situations. And let's say that they're not as affluent as you are, which is going to be normally the case. Oftentimes, what the best financial advisors will do is they'll meet and help them get on the right track, but they're not the right ones to serve them because that's not what they specialize. But they can provide introductions to the uh the right financial advisor or right financial solution. Very good. So those are the questions, uh, and, and some of that is at this website again, financialadvisorselect.com, correct? Yeah, and, and just really the best way to get it is download. We've got a really nice special report, finding the, the right financial advisor, seven questions to help you discover whether financial advisor is the right match for you and your family. It's on the bottom center of the uh, uh, homepage and just click on that and you can have that report and it's a, it's a great one. Now you're saying that the main way that people generate wealth in this country is by being a business owner one way or the other and you want to talk a little bit about the state of the entrepreneur and what some of the key drivers of success are and the first driver you'd like to talk about is delivering a world-class client experience. So talk a little bit about how people can do that to make a successful business. Well, you know, we, we talked about the best way to build wealth is having a business. And you've got to have the mindset that you've got to want to grow a business and to maximize your personal wealth. And that's not going to be for everyone. But, geez, if you have that, you'd like to do a business, this is a great way to get started and uh, is to build, you know, this uh, entrepreneurial and we did a study, 3,500 of us, with, uh, I partnered with uh, Dan Sullivan, who is, has a company called Strategic Coach, one of the largest coaching organizations for entrepreneurs, and Joe Polish, uh, Genius Network, it's a big mastermind group of CEOs. 
and we surveyed 3,500 business owners. And and at another website, uh, AES Nation, we have all the information uh, on uh, the businesses, so they can go and download the ebook there on that. But uh, the state of the entrepreneur, but it's aesnation.com. And as you said, we we identified that there's really six drivers of success for entrepreneurs. Number one is they kind of have to nail the client experience. And this is, you know, we go back to capitalism. If we're going to, to build tremendous wealth in a business or even, you know, some wealth, we've got to first take care of the clients. We've got to have that systematic process that we're going to deliver value on a, a repeatable basis. And this is, you got to nail this first. And that we see that over and over again. If you're going to be in a business, test and find something and, you know, just do one thing really well and you can make a huge difference. And then the next thing you say for a business to succeed is to have a scalability, to be able to attract many people doing the same thing. How do you do that? Well, and it's, you know, it's, this is a real opportunity. I mean, one of the best things that ever happened to entrepreneurs is the internet. It's a great facilitator, much like, you know, you and I are on our, your show today. You know, getting the message out has never been easy. Now, it's noisy to put in systems in place to really let people know, the right people, your targeted market, what it is you do so that they can be attracted to you. And to create value in your business, you want to have it so that it's a steady stream of pre-qualified, pre-endorsed people that are you know, qualified as customers or clients to your service. And you're saying the next important thing is to systematize your business. Once you've attracted a lot of clients, to create a system to handle them. Is that easier today with the Internet to be able to do that? Well, it really is. You know, I have... Um, global headquarters for our businesses is my pool house in Silicon Valley. And I have, you know, a huge team throughout North America working with us and really able to use unbelievable technology to do all this and do it exceptionally well. So, you know, you can, we build businesses, not just to have more business, but build businesses for great quality of life. Well, today, the technology, once you know how to deliver a great client experience and have the the methodology to attract the right people, then you can put the systems in place and the tools are there. And then the next thing is to monetize, uh, to create profitability. So there's a lot of internet businesses that are creating a lot of interest, have a lot of clients, but they're not really able to monetize. What is the secret to monetizing in today's world? I think this is one of the big things, Jordan, you know, you, you're out there talking with so many business people. You know, it's so easy to talk about our gross revenues and be all excited about that. But it's really what you take home and, you know, increase profitability so that the, yeah, and it's the cash flow part of it. And the, the, one of the best things we can do is decide to pay ourselves first. So whatever percentage it is, you know, that's applicable to your industry. Design your business to be successful on purpose. Have a percentage that gets paid first. Most business people pay everything else, and then whatever is left over, which is usually very little, is paid to them. If you design it for yourself first, profit first, it's amazing. And that will increase the value of the business because so many businesses out there are really all you would be doing is selling a job. 
once you get these systems in place, then you're creating tremendous value that, you know, businesses that can be worth hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars that you can sell. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, He is the CEO at CEG Worldwide. Uh, You can find out more about him at the two websites he mentioned, financialadvisorselect.com and aesnation.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific time on the voice america business channel what if every day was a good day for business because every decision you made was the best choice what if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time because there's more challenges you to make better decisions Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Bowen, CEO at CEG CEG Worldwide. A website for him is financialadvisorselect.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, Jordan. So we were talking about the drivers of business success, and the next one is to enjoy a great quality of life. Most people don't think of that when they're starting a business. They think the business owns them, and they don't have much of a life. How can you have a profitable business and still have a good quality of life? Well, you know, it doesn't happen by accident. I mean, the businesses, if you let it, it will suck up every part of your life, and it, you know, it's destroyed so many relationships along the way. And this kind of goes back to you know having profit first. You you design it to pay yourself first. You decide what is a quality of life. Each of us wants different things out of life. We have to design it to be there. So for me, one of the big things is I love having six weeks off a year to do fun things with my spouse and friends and so on and family. And and what happens is if I didn't put it in a year ahead of time. 
Jordan, it wouldn't happen. Life fills in very, very quickly. And this is, you know, defining it. Now, yeah, when we're in startup mode, you know, we're going to have to put in more hours and everything else. But so many people in a business and really in life in general, you don't have to be a business person, is we don't design our lives to be successful. This may be the only life that we have. So, you know, it's this is something that we really want to make sure that we go ahead and, you know, be very clear on what we want. And your final point is to maximize your personal wealth. So the idea is you can have a business that's very successful, but in many cases it doesn't translate into your personal wealth because you're putting all your money back in the business all the time. Is that the idea? Yeah, we see this over and over again. And there's so many things when you're a business owner that you can do to maximize your wealth and use the different tools that are really only available to a business owner. Uh, you know, and there's just so many things and, you know, we don't have enough time to go over, but what I, I find that also, once you build personal wealth, it makes you make better decisions in your business because you don't have to go out and raise capital. You have the, a lot more freedom. And that's where we want entrepreneurs, business owners to get that personal wealth as quickly as possible. You have some key takeaways for business owners. Let's go through those briefly. One of them is that business owners want to continue to become wealthy. Uh, I mean, that's always been true. What's kind of different about that? Well, and one of the things that I think we see so often is 95% of the people, you know, with business owners, when we survey them, Jordan, they want to become wealthy. And a lot of times we feel guilty about that. Well, don't feel guilty because the reason we want to do it is first, we're delivering great value to our clients. But the main reason we want to do it is we want to take care of the people we love and we want to make a difference in our community and the charities. So that's the only way you're going to be able to do it. And you can have a big impact by doing that. The second takeaway is that businesses will continue to be the biggest source of personal wealth. So in other words, people think they could be investors or inherit the money uh, or get it some other way. You're saying that it's, it's never going to be that way. It's always going to be creating a business. You know, it, you can certainly accumulate wealth through uh, investing, but one of the best ways to do it is through business. And I gave those quick statistics. I mean, when we survey people with over a million dollars, one third are business owners. And when we look at five million or more, it's three out of four are business owners. And you know what we call ultra-affluent, 25 million or more, it's nine out of 10. The surest road to creating wealth is through being a good business person. Then you say death and taxes and litigation are never going to go away. I thought death and taxes were going to go away. <laughs> yeah, no. we're working on that. I, I, we're doing a lot of work in human longevity. And uh, uh, some of you listeners might know Peter Diamandis uh, wrote a book called I mean, Abundance. In fact, people are going to live a lot longer and therefore need yeah. more money put aside. Well, it's, it's kind of the, the challenge, Jordan. You know, what we're both doing is, you know, okay, now if I'm going to have a good quality of life to 100 I got to fund it. Okay, I didn't sign up for that. And so we've got to deal with that. And then litigation. I mean, this is something when we survey, 58% of the people are concerned with litigation. And this can be business litigation. It can be divorces and so on. You know, how do we, this is never going to go away. You know, we got to deal with these on an ongoing basis. So what kind of asset protection steps do you recommend to protect yourself against litigation and taxes? Well, and it's, it's really working with an asset protection uh, specialist that, you know, can understand what exposures you have. You know, a, a surgeon that's performing high-risk type uh, surgeries is going to be very different than the school teacher. I'll pick on the school teacher again. So 
again, setting up the entities, the special purpose trust, you know, the, the type, uh, there's so many different things that you can do, but they're very specific to each individual's unique needs. And then you say uh, business owners will continue to need to maximize their personal wealth. You're saying because they're having to live longer and uh, have a lot of taxes and so on, that they, they need more wealth than they did in the past. Well, and I think what happens is we t- tend to get, once we get used to a certain lifestyle, there's number of books written on the number. Whatever, I know when I was in high school, I thought if I ever made 50000 a year, I grew up in upstate New York, that you know, life would be complete. Well, the number that I need now is a little bit more than that. And we find that over and over again, that, you know, as our families build, our tastes build and the opportunities out there. So there's going to be a need to continue that. You say advanced planning strategies will continue to evolve. What are some of the ways that planning strategies will evolve going forward? Well, we're we're seeing it uh, so often. I mean, you take a business owner that has a fair amount of exposure. You know, they they can and they can set up a, their own insurance company, a captive insurance company. They can use uh, premium finance life insurance. They can go ahead and have special instead of having all kinds of multiple LLCs, they can have. Uh, special purpose where instead of having all the complexity of all these different companies, they can have one entity that provides the liability firewalls. And I, I could go on and on naming hundreds of different strategies, but this is where we know the, uh, the laws are going to change. Uh, the, there's a lot of creativeness in there. So we want to be careful and not let these strategies drive us but we want to have this team that's working with us on an ongoing basis to make sure we're doing always the right thing at the right time. You said there are going to be more and more financial predators and incompetence. With all the regulation out there, how is that possible? I thought the regulations would get rid of all the incompetence. Yeah, it'd be nice if government could take care of everything for us, wouldn't it, Jordan? Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you think, you know, obviously everybody thinks of Madoc, you know, but what, I mean, what, what happened you know, when we look at all the different scams and all the predators out there, there are so many. When I was working in sports and entertainment, just running background checks on the nannies and the chauffeurs, I mean, we found so often that they shouldn't be anywhere near the kids. And when we ran background checks on partners and financial advisors, it was scary. So I just want to encourage everyone to really make sure they're not dealing with somebody who's a predator and, you know, equally as bad that they're incompetent. The, the, uh, working in sports, I just saw so many bad uh, advisors giving poor advice to sports professionals who have such a short career. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, creating tremendous Tremendous and many uh, of them challenges. End up losing a lot of money. Those the sports players. Well, unfortunately, uh, many of them lose everything. Yes, and then your final point is that uh, maximizing personal wealth is going to continue to depend on competent wealth management. Uh, that getting a good financial advisor to do proper asset allocation is going to be more important than ever in the future. Well, and that's really why I wanted to be on your show, Jordan. And you know, the the ebook, uh, the special report, finding the right financial advisor at financialadvisorselect.com, you know, to encourage everyone to download that so that you ask these seven questions. You want to make sure you not only find an okay advice, you want to find a great wealth manager who's going to help you make smart decisions and maximize the probability to achieve everything that you want to achieve. 
in summing all this up, uh, what difference is it going to make in people's lives if they get a good financial advisor to guide them through all this as opposed to not doing it right? Well, just think of the amount of time that we would all free up if we didn't have to worry about these things constantly. Yeah, there's studies that uh, uh, I saw one recently of corporate executives that they spend 15% of their time worried about their own personal financial affairs. You know, that you start multiplying that across the country, that's huge. By not only freeing up that time, but making smart decisions, it's going to be worth millions and millions of dollars for most of your listeners. And if you do it wrong, you could lose millions and millions of dollars, is what you're saying. Right. Well, and you, you might you know, have the good fortune that human longevity to live to 100, but have an unbelievably poor quality of life. We don't, you good. and I both don't want that. That's correct. Well, you've given us some great advice. My guest this hour has been John Bowen. Uh, he is the CEO at CEG Worldwide. Uh, the two websites you can find out more about John are financialadvisorselect.com and aesnation.com. Thanks so much for being a great guest on The Money Answer Show, John. Thank you, Jordan, for the opportunity. Thanks so much, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.